Hello, welcome back to the AYO podcast. In today's episode, I'm lucky enough to sit down with Olivia Aquilina. Olivia is a sound engineer and musician who took part in the AYO sound production program earlier this year at Autumn Music Camp. We chatted about how Olivia got started in the world of sound production, what it's like to come to AYO without a classical music background, and finding Nirvana riffs in classical music. So I'm sitting down with Olivia Aquilina. Thanks for sitting down with us, Olivia. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me. No worries. In case anyone wasn't familiar with kind of what the role of a sound production artist is, um, how would you describe what you do? Uh, basically, to put it simply, uh, I would say that being in the sound department or sound technician, whatever you call it, is what I do is that I'm kind of the bridge to get what the artists or musicians have and to deliver that to my best ability to their audience. But yeah, so that's say what's like say engineer would do, but then say with uh, producers and stuff, they put a bit more of their own creative flair into doing that. Um, so yeah, there's kind of like, I think there's, you know, I guess you'd say two realms. You've got say your engineer and then you've got your producer, but sometimes people put that together. Yeah. Uh, just depending on their workflow or what they kind of want to do and yeah where do you where would you say you sit between those two those two realms I say currently I'd be more of just say the engineer like I'm still I'm still figuring out a lot of things because I'm just finishing off TAFE I like I want to master the technical side of things first before I get a little bit more in the whole production side of yeah say music and all that kind of stuff do you know what I mean absolutely so when did you say when would you say sorry your um kind of relationship with live music began Oh, uh, well, like, because I'm a muso as well. So, like, before I got into sound, so, like, playing drums and, and stuff. And then basically where I started in audio was because I volunteer at a community radio station in Adelaide uh, called 3D Radio. And I just used to be an announcer on radio. And one time they started this new thing where they got a band to come in and we'd broadcast it live to air. And I was invited to be the interviewer for that band. And then I stayed back and helped out the engineer there pack up. And I was asking him questions and, you know, then that came a regular thing, just me rocking up and just chatting to him. And then he goes, oh, Liv, like, you're picking this up really quick. He's like, do you know what you want to do with your life? (laughs) And I'm like, uh, just a little no, question really. then, just a small question. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, not really. It's like, well, you know, I've been doing this for fifty years, and I haven't, you know, I haven't been starving. He goes, I reckon you'd be good at giving this a crack. So it's like, okay. Um, so that's where I kind of f- found it because I didn't really know about sound production or engineering. It was just, it just kind of was like, oh, this is a cool window. I'll have a look. Um, and then found it because, yeah, I just love music and I know that if I can't be the best musician, I'd like to help people who are to, you know, again, kind of getting what they want yeah. um, and kind of help them out to give that to aud- to audiences. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah, well, that's my kind of story. What are kind of some of the um, highlights of your work so far? I'm, I'm really proud of, you know, like the live to air thing that we've got at the community station like that's that's one of yes yeah, because it's like where I started and 
we've come a really long way just from having a massive room and we've been able to, you know, acoustically treat that ourselves and everything. Um, and just being able to work in the live scene as well. Like, I haven't done anything crazy because, you know, I've only been doing this for like not even two years. Um, but like, you know, just being able to work at, in the pub, like I work at a local pub when there's gigs on. Um, and that's just great because, yeah, I just, yeah, I wouldn't really say there'd be like a huge, massive, proud thing. But, you know, coming into what we're here to talk about, you know, like being part of the AYO thing um, in the sound production team, that was pretty awesome because, yeah, I just saw the ad randomly on Facebook. I'm like, oh, let's give this a shot. And then, um, yeah, the different stages of going in, like that is, I think it's pretty cool. And, like, I feel really, really lucky to have been part of it. So that's another kind of thing. Fantastic. And it fits well. That segues really nicely into um, my next kind of line of questioning. Um, yep. So I'd like to kind of get into how you got involved with AYO. Um, yeah, cool. Before you came in, did you have a relationship with classical music? Were you kind of in any way interested in classical orchestral music? I was, but like not crazy big. Because um, like my dad's work, they sponsored the Adelaide Youth Orchestra for a bit. So... We used to get tickets all the time to watch them and I would love it. And, you know, when I was in middle school and high school, I'd be like, oh, I'd love to be, I'd love to be a classical percussionist. That'd be awesome. But I just kind of never followed through with it. Um, so before doing the camp, I had a massive appreciation for classical music, um, but not so much experience in playing, uh, you know. I was in small ensembles at school, uh, but nothing super crazy. And I felt like that was enough because I could appreciate it from a listening point of view, then I could put that in when I apply it on a sound production context. Yeah, absolutely. If you know what I mean. Totally. So you mentioned that you found the ad for the, the program. What made you decide that it was the right program for you? Uh, I just, I actually called them up and I was like, hey, I was just wondering, can people interstate apply for this? Because it was, you know, when COVID was starting to kind of come in to the realm of the world. Um, and they're like, yeah, you know, you can apply for it. So, yeah, it was just me just taking that leap of actually calling up the AYO office and asking them, is this legit? Because I think that's like sometimes it's like, oh, it's too good to be true. Is this actually it? And yeah, like, you know, the admin team were really helpful. And yeah, and then I was chatting to a friend at lunch and I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if I should go for it or not. She's like, yeah, like, just give it a shot. And if you don't get it, that's it. Um, but if you, you know, at least you know that you applied and tried out. And so yeah, then that's, that's kind of what happened from, from where I like jumped into it. That's a great attitude to have. Um, so arriving at the camp on the first day, I'm guessing can be pretty intimidating, especially for someone who's maybe not as familiar with the kind of world of or orchestral music. Um, what were some of the thoughts you had on that first day, some of the thoughts and observations? Um, to be completely honest, I felt like that it was my first day at school <laughs> in year eight 
in a new school. Like I was, I was packing it because you know, everyone kind of knew each other, and yeah, I had. I'm not the most socially like inclined butterfly. Like I take a while to warm up to people. So I remember from the airport there was. I think it was like Emily from the base section. She was at the airport and she was like, oh, like, where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Adelaide. But luckily I had a mask on so like no one could see that I was real scared. Um, and she was like good just to start conversation. And then on the bus, me just saying hi to like, oh, I reckon it was like Marcus and Miriam. Like they were super friendly. And yeah, it was just meeting one or two people and then being able to just kind of hop between like different groups because everyone was familiar with each other because you know most people are repeat campers that do the program so that was my thoughts on a social level was I was just I was just real scared and a bit nervous Um, but then seeing the facility that uh, we had it at, at, at the Melbourne Con like that was awesome I was like I was like looking around like a kid in a candy shop and then uh, like Haig, the mentor, he brought us into the like conservatorium and I'm like, oh, I just really want to clap. So, you know, I stood in the middle and I like kind of clapped. People looked at me like, they're like, what the hell? It's like, oh, you got to, I just wanted to, you know, hear how the room sounded um, because the only like concert hall or conservatorium space in Adelaide is the Elder Hall mm. and the Benithan Hall and it was just really exciting to see something new and modern that's built for the purpose of classical music because you know I've only mixed you know pub kind of bands you know like rock punk a little bit of reggae a little bit of ska or whatever um, but yeah being able to to be immersed in the space where it's classical focus. That was what I was really excited about. And how did that clap day. how did that clap sound? Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was I was like it was like silk running through my ears and then I was thinking, wow, if this clap sounds so good, imagine what a whole orchestra's gonna be like, you know? That's it's a little great. bit geeky, but no, you know, that's what I was kinda thinking, wonderful. you know. Um, yeah, it's just a really nice way to look at like rooms and stuff. Absolutely. How, how it sounds. Yeah. So what what did you learn from spending a week with classical musicians? Big question, I, I know. Was, but. Yeah. You kind of have to like break it down. So I learned about, say, I guess how they actually perform with their instrument and some of the musicians would actually become part of their instrument. And it was nice to see how they actually morph into what they're playing and they're feeling the music while they're playing it and how that actually comes out into the space of the room. Because, you know, with with classical and orchestral stuff, what I've learnt is that the whole thing is a breathing organism, which includes the musician, the instrument and, of course, the room and the conductor and that's a good thing for me to apply on a sound level because then I know you know depending on how 
you know, where their arms are going to be or depending on where's the fundamental characteristics of the instrument, where does it come from, you know, going to a sound point of view that's saying, well, how far am I going to have the microphone? Um, what microphone am I going to use? How many? Where would I put them? Because with a live music application, it's always get it to the source as close as you can because otherwise there's all this spill and noise and it would just sound like mud um, if, you know, you don't put everything real close and get the gain structure right. But with classical, there's a little bit more air room because you need that air. So you'd have, you know, say a foot distance between a microphone and the harp and then Haig went into detail of roughly whereabouts the sweet spot is. So there's a lot of, as the terminology is used is sweet spot. So it's just finding where that kind of nice direction is, where to point the mic onto a harp, why he does it, um, what he's found when he doesn't. It's, it's just one of those things. Like I could trail on <laughs> for a while, but you know, like that's just like a little window of what, yeah, I kind of learned and how I applied it. Yes. So how did you then take that those kind of lessons that you learnt at camp and apply them to your your kind of everyday sound production? Um, it was just like yeah, like remembering that. Um, and like I, I like to handwrite notes, so I brought a little book with me and just wrote down things that I'd like. Oh, I'll probably forget this, so I'll write it down because so then I'll have it and then I'll know. And I think another thing that was really valuable was just how to talk to people because I feel like that's, that's something that I always keep in the back of my mind is, you know, how to talk people on a level so that we both understand each other. And then the takeaway is, yeah, the social side of it because it's important as a sound engineer or as, you know, production engineer to actually be on the same team as the musician because I know I've experienced and like other musos that I'm friends with, it's like, oh, they rock up to a gig or say a session and the engineer's real grumpy and it's this whole, there's this whole trope about engineers being grumpy and musicians being a pain in the butt. And it's like, you know, I don't want that to, I don't want to come across like that. So that was valuable. And then another aspect that we covered on with Haig was actually Dante networking. So actually how to get your computer and, and everything connected up on a digital network so that you can record large scale um, like orchestra, orchestra stuff. And, you know, it's like an industry standard in the higher end type things because, you know, I think eventually it, you know, in the live realm of things, I'd love to work in a theatre and, you know, a lot of theatre is, you know, with orchestral chamber groups or, you know, larger kind of ensembles. And it was just um, getting a good grasp and understanding to apply that hands-on because they cover it at TAFE, but it's, you know, it's, it's crammed into a s small time mm. frame, but it was great with having the one-on-one -on -one time with Haig or two-on-one -on -one with Haig and actually be given 
a good amount of his energy to explain things and go through everything on a theory level and then actually applying that and recording it um, to like our computers. So, yeah, that's a nice little, yeah. little thing that I took away from it. Wonderful. Um, do you think there was anything that you were able to teach the musicians or the other, you know, your other sound production um, participant, you know, coming from such a different background in terms of live music? Is there anything that you think you brought that maybe they wouldn't have, un- they maybe wouldn't know straight away? Um, well, like, I can't really speak for them, but I would like, I would like to assume that I've, was able to explain to them what my actual role is, getting musicians to understand my role is uh, I'm not here to stomp on you, I'm here to help you mm. to convey what you're playing or what the piece is. Uh, kind of going back to that collaborative nature that you were speaking yeah. about earlier. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Um, and then, I don't know, I'd, I'd like to also hope that I passed on my network too and my name because that's something that I like to pride myself on is to to build networks and, you know, hopefully if if they're ever interested in having someone help them out, you know, I'm I'm... I'm happy to take any opportunity that I can for myself to learn and to just practice my skills with, but then also to, yeah, like kind of give back and help them out. Absolutely. You know, I don't know if that sounds selfish or anything, but yeah, like, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I think it... People to understand and share share a network. That's what I'm about. Totally. I think, like I said, it just kind of continually goes back to this idea that you brought up of a collaborative team. Um, you know, working in, working together to deliver a piece, you know, it's not just individuals, it's together. Well, you might actually know that it's application season for AYO currently. Um, I was wondering Mm. if you maybe had any tips or bits of advice that you could, for anyone thinking about applying for the sound production program. Yeah, just do it. (laughs) Like, like you've got, like, you've got to, yeah, jump out and just, Take a, take a chance with it. So if you do have experience in audio, no matter how small it is, get a little portfolio together. So that's what I did. I had, uh, sorry, I'm just shaking because it's a bit cold in my room. Um, so <laughs> what I had is I had uh, about six 30-second snippets of the live-to-air mixes that I did so I tried to get different genres that I had so I had a psychedelic band a ska band punk and like an indie kind of rock thing just to show a difference and explain what it was on like a google doc thing and then I wrote a full page cover letter so in that I included what my experience experience of sound is not in this order but what I included was say what's my experience what I lack in and what I would like to actually gain from being part of it and say my background or appreciation for classical music I think classical kind of gets 
a bit of a beating joke out of his, oh, it's old people music. It's like, well, it's not because, you know, there's plenty of young people that just put so much time and effort to playing and mastering their craft. And there's also elements from classical music that modern musicians actually are still doing, you know. Um, I think, I don't know if it's true, so you can fact check me, but I was listening to one of the pieces that the Bishop Orchestra did and I'm thinking, oh, this like, this little melody sounds really familiar and I, I stayed up all night trying to think of where have I heard this before and then I managed to pick out that it was like one section of a guitar riff from a Nirvana song and I was like, oh my God, like I've, I knew I heard it somewhere before but you know, this piece was written, you know, like yonks ago and it's just cool how melodies and styles gets recycled and reused mm. um but yeah sorry i'm trailing off again so no, no, not yeah at all. so so like um yeah include those things in your application and yeah just go for it uh don't be shy to ask questions because that really helped me out with um compiling everything like when i came into it i was like i know the basics of the context of sound uh, sound engineering and sound producing on a basic level, but I was able to put put this new kind of canvas up, which was empty, and it's like, I know nothing about classical sound, and that's how I got so much out of it, because if I didn't do that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have asked questions, and when you don't ask questions, you just don't learn, uh, and that's yeah, that's how I can kind of sum it up for people uh, if they're thinking to apply. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably a good place to to end it there. Um, thank you so much for yeah, cool. such an insightful conversation, Olivia. That, that was fantastic. No, that's cool. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. And yeah, I hope I didn't. Yeah, I hope I didn't trail off. Not and at I hope all. People got people got something out of it. I, yeah, I, I could, think they probably did. I could. I can geek out and talk about this stuff for ages. But. That's everything from us today here at AYO. Don't forget to subscribe to the AYO podcast wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next time.